Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. God bless you for being here. You're in the house of the Lord on the Lord's Day. And if you are streaming from a mobile device, we welcome you through the Wi-Fi internet connectivity. God bless all of you for being here. Can someone shout amen? Amen. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. I know times were different when he wrote that. But there's some value in that statement. I got to get to where the presence of God is. And I'm glad that you're here again. We're glad that you're streaming online. Welcome to all of you that are with us that are in person worship. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all that you have done to get here. I want to bless you today with a word from the Lord. Anybody need a word from the Lord? I get a word from a lot of people all the time. And I don't want to exaggerate, so I'm going to say half of it's annoying and half of it's good. If I exaggerate, I'd say it's all annoying. But I need to hear the voice of God. And I need to hear a word, because we got a week ahead of us. And we got a month ahead of us. And there's something about the house of God that brings comfort in the spirit of God. And I'm going to pray that God will help me flow in that spirit. We are a spirit-filled church. And I'm going to expect the spirit to flow through me to speak to you. So you can drive home and say, you know what? Today I heard from God. Or maybe you're already home and when you turn this off, that you say, I heard from God. Genesis chapter 26, verse 15. The Bible says, So all the wells that his father's servants had dug in the time of his father Abraham, the Philistines stopped up, filling them with earth. I'm going to skip down to verse 18. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the same time of his father Abraham which the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. And he gave them the same names his father had given them. The story, the backstory, the narrative, Abraham's died, Isaac is living. The Philistines are always the enemy. From the Philistines' camp that Goliath comes. It's from the enemy's camp that they always try to thwart God's people, power, moving. And so Abraham, the patriarch, dies off. And the Philistines just look over the sun. The Bible says here that they stopped up the wells that Abraham had dug. I'm going to preach to you this morning on this subject matter, wells in the desert. Heavenly Father, I pray once again as I step behind this sacred desk to minister to people, people perhaps that are hurting or fearful or worried. God, I come against all those emotions and feelings today through the power of the spoken word, God. Let there be no distractions. God, if we're streaming from home or in a living room or a mobile device, God, let us not be distracted by, distracted by things around us, God. Let the Spirit of God move as we broadcast from Old Town to Mecula. Minister to those that are here also, I pray, God. Anoint me once again. I pray the prayer in Jesus' name. And if you receive that, could you shout amen? Amen. amen. God bless you for standing this morning. You can be seated. Wales in the desert. 
In Genesis chapter 26, we are told that when Isaac dug the wells, he didn't get to start with his own. Isaac recognized his hereditary right and his responsibility to redig and restore the ancient wells that his father Abraham dug, to which the Philistines had stopped up after the death of his father. It was after redigging the wells of his father that the Lord blessed Abraham and pronounced him over the same blessing that was previously spoken over his father Abraham. Not long after that, we find that the Lord allowed Isaac and his servants to unearth their very own wells. Genesis 26 and 18, it reads, And Isaac dug again the wells of water from which had been dug in the days of his father Abraham. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. I guess in our modern terminology today, we would say the Philistines were bullies. They came in to wreak havoc and just to cause problems just to push people around. They thought that they were greater, and they realized that they were out from under the powerful voice and the relationship that Abraham had with God. And they thought perhaps the son, the next generation, was not quite as powerful, was not quite as tuned in with God. So as a bully would come, they begin to put dirt back in the wells of the, which the father had dug. But Isaac needed some life-giving water to survive in the land where he was at. But the Philistines were determined to stop the flow of water by filling the wells. Can I preach to somebody here this morning that there is a vital need for a water supply? Isaac understood this, and he worked very hard to redig the wells and to overcome what the Philistines had done. But redigging wells, my friend, that once flowed with a life-giving water, as we shelter in place and we kind of come out of this a little bit, and then we shelter back in place a little bit, none of us know exactly what lies ahead of us over the next 30 days. And we thought before the shelter in place, life was great. Life was normal. You see, vegetation grows where water flows. Farmers understand this, that water is the source of their crops. No water, no irrigation, no wells, no crops. The same rings true with us in our relationship or our life with God. For three months, we basically watched the documentary about church streaming through the internet. And I'm telling you here, my friend, this morning, there's something about being in the presence of God and the almighty voice of God in a live, in-person worship. But for three months, 11 weeks to be exact, all of us sat at home, including myself, laying on the couch, watching church as a documentary, maybe as a movie, and we would come and go. And what the enemy is trying to do in this time of uncertain times is to stop up the well, the life-giving water that flows, that becomes the joy of your strength. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. And if I understand something that I've got to get in the presence of God, I need the flow of God's mercy. I need the flow of God's anointing. I need the flow of God's power. If I'm going to make it through uncertain times, I need to feel the anointing of God. And can you shout amen? We've got to make sure as we stream church on mobile devices and screens that we're not just surfing and jumping from church 
to Netflix, to Hulu, to ESPN, back to the local news, back to church. There's something about the church, my friend, that we need God to touch us where we are today. In uncertain times, the church is where it excels. It's in uncertain times that the church is the most valuable commodity that I have in my life. But I'm away from God. When the water stops flowing, when society and the things of this earth tried to overtake the wells that we had once dug, and I don't have joy anymore, and I don't have desire anymore, and church becomes humdrum, and I'm not really that motivated to get in the presence of God, I'm telling you, my friend, you're going to have to redig some wells of what it once was. Remember we would call the good old days. Remember before COVID-19, how we were excited and God's spirit flowed, and it touched people. If we're not careful, hear me this morning those wells of your life the life giving stream of God's spirit flowing can be overtaken and filled back up with the commodities that would distract us I understand I'm not preaching against you can't you have to be here but I'm preaching against fear and I'm pushing it back on darkness and I'm pushing it back on the enemy that he cannot overshadow you he cannot intimidate you why because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world that's the spirit of God which enables his people to live in dark times oh someone shout amen So part of this message is coming out of experience. I myself for 11 weeks laid on a couch and watched the documentary of True Vine Pentecostal Church. The praise team would sing, and if we're not careful, laying on a couch can become a concert. If I'm not careful, when I jump over to my iTunes, my music, that's music just flowing from my screen too. Inspirational, yes. Inspiring at times. But I'm telling you, apostolics that are here this morning and those that are watching online, you're going to have to make sure that you protect those whales, that relationship that you had with God that was so potent and so powerful and so amazing, and you craved it every week and every midweek, and you couldn't think about anything else but God because he put your marriage back together. He put your mind back together. He delivered you from depression. He delivered you from anxiety. And if we're not careful, the enemy will try to stop up those whales, and we'll forget about where the power of God brought us from Mm. wells in the desert I was commuting back and forth to our camp meeting my grandson was riding with me and he said Papa what you preaching about this Sunday said I'm preaching about wells in the desert he says wells in the desert yeah you know what a whale is where water comes from. No, whales are in the ocean, Papa. <laughs> Smart aleck little kid. I used to say it perfect before I started speaking in Spanish, but now it's whales, son. W E. And I'm driving. I'm thinking W E L L. S. He goes, oh, whales, why didn't you say that? I said that 30 miles ago. So if some of you are wondering, I'm talking about whales in the desert, and I gave you a slide just in case you were confused. So compliments of my grandson's smart aleck conversation. Henceforth, we made a slide for whales in the desert. But a desert is a place where you need water. Irrigation. 
And I got a little confirmation as if you were streaming any of the camp meeting messages Friday night, Brother Scott Graham began to talk about the flow of water. It was amazing. And that the river flows where it's welcome. And to be honest with you, I got to confess with you, for the first time in probably three or four months, I was able to cry in the presence of God. I wiped away my eyes and they were wet with tears. And I was in the presence of God. It was such an intense move of God. And it felt so good, Sister Dolores, to feel like my soul was being purged. I didn't have sin in my life. I wasn't a long ways from God. I wasn't carnal, but just to feel that flow, that river from the spiritual anointing coming down from the preached word, and I could just sit there, and I don't have to figure out anything, and I don't have to preach, and I can just sit still in the presence of God. All I'm telling you, my friend, I know that doesn't really translate through the internet connection, but when you get in the presence of God, and you can let that water flow again through the desert that we've been living in in our uncertain times, yes, Lord, I need a brand new touch. Yes, Lord, my strength from yesterday is gone. I've not done nothing bad. I don't have sin in my life. I've not drifted off into darkness, but I just need that river of living water to flow once again on my body, soul, mind, and spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So if I'm not careful, the water or the spirit, the anointing can be obstructed by the technology to which we watch it from and on. The presence of God has to push through the Wi-Fi to find you. And even in myself, my life, I find as I was sheltered in place that the Wi-Fi becomes a filter to the potency of the Holy of Holies. We all want to get in the Holy of Holies. And if you're streaming with us this morning, I'm not preaching to you or about you, my friend. I'm just telling you how I felt when I was sequestered for 11 weeks and I couldn't get here. And I don't have any health issues per se, so I'm not even talking about that. If you're sick and you're not feeling good or you're elderly, I bless you. There's no condemnation. But all I'm telling you, if you're watching online this morning, there's something about in-house and in-person worship that the anointing is here in the house. And I long to cry in the presence of God. I long to be by the rivers of living water and I find the potency as I snuggle up against Calvary in the altar from which the message is being preached. And so yes, wells in the desert. I find myself confessing and repenting before God. And I realized that when I got in the presence of God in this last week for a change, I wasn't the preacher, thankfully. For a change this last week, I was just another saint or a visitor sitting right where you're sitting. I didn't have to turn on any lights. I didn't have to worry about if anybody was in position. I could just bring my soul, Sister Dolores, and I could just sit still, and I can engage in the worship. I can try to engage here, but I know I'm, gonna, I'm on a little bit. i got to preach. i got to minister the Word of God, so I can't quite get engaged every time when I'm preaching. But when I didn't have any responsibilities, Brother Townsend, I could just hear and lean into the voice of God, and I leaned into the worship and the preaching came forth and it stirred my soul and I found myself redigging some wells that I said God I haven't felt you like this in 11 or 12 weeks God where have I been where have you been this pandemic God cannot come between you and I I need to feel a fresh anointing I need water flowing again I need you to wash my eyes with tears God I need to feel the anointing of God and as I sat there Friday night especially I realized that I was not as spiritual as I thought I was. 
Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 6 and 5, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. I've quoted that many times, and God has given me a revelation about woe unto me for myself and then to share with the people that I pastor. But I, saw, I found that scripture echoing back into my mind that I realized the closer that we get to God and the more intense of his spirit is around me in the atmosphere, I begin to judge myself and the spirit of God becomes a mirror and I look face to face at me and I look face to face at God. And if I'm not careful, I can see there's some differences here and there's the, I'm not mirroring the image of God. But when I compare myself to the world or the things that are streaming on my screen, at that point, my friend, I'm the most holy person in the room. But the problem with that is that I'm comparing myself to the wrong mirror of the things of this world, ungodly things, unholy things. But when I get in the presence of God, and I gather where God's spirit is, I realize that, God, I need a fresh anointing. I need a brand new touch. My strength from yesterday is gone. I need life-flowing water. Isaiah said, then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. Watch me now. Notice when Isaiah realized he was unclean. For mine eyes have seen the king. That verse is preceded by, I realize this, I understand this, I saw this about myself. Woe is me. My goodness, dear Lord, have mercy on me. But he only noticed and he only saw the comparison. He only saw the mirror in the face of God and the presence of God. He only saw the Shekinah glory of God. He says, when I have seen the king. And the longer you stay away from the king and the longer we stay away from the presence of God, the more holy we think we are. But when we peel back the onion, my friend, come on, let me preach to you this morning. And we get in the presence of God, we realize, God, there's some power that's kind of leaked out during this COVID-19. I've been around a lot of ungodly situations. I haven't been in the intensity of the move of God for a while. And I realize I'm doing my best streaming what I can. But there's something about finding a corner somewhere in my house, on my couch, in my bed, in the house of God, saying, God, let the river flow one more time. The enemy has tried to stop them up. The enemy has tried to distract me. The enemy has tried to put barriers. The enemy has tried to bend up obstruction. But I'm saying, God, remove every barrier, and I'm coming clean in the Holy Ghost today. Why? Because I need a fresh well dug in the desert. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I want to make sure that our thinking hasn't been skewed by the fear of COVID-19 and the current affairs of this world that has caused the absence of the pure, unadulterated presence of God. It's time that we take back our mountain. It's time that we take back our promise. It's time that we take back our land, our power. The Bible says in Acts 1, 8, for you shall receive power when you receive the Holy Ghost. 
Take back that power. Take back that spirit of God. Take back that relationship with God. My friend, I'm not condemning anybody. The month of June is a no guilt zone, a no judgment zone. But my friend, at some point, we've got to have a desire. I got to get to the house of God. I got to get to the presence of God. I'm going to glove up and mask up. I'm going to sit in the corner. I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do, my friend. But I've got to feel a fresh anointing of God. And I got to let the tears flow. A documentary about church won't allow those tears to flow. I hear what you're saying, preacher. I hear the worship team. That's good stuff. I hear the words. I hear the lyrics. I hear the music. I hear the beat. But there's something about praying and crying in the presence of God. And I just realized that this last Friday. Oh, how I long for God to flow through me and let the tears flow. I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. I'm a grown man crying in church. But you don't understand. I'm not sad. I'm not weary. It's God purging me. It's God purging out the old and bringing in the brand new. And the only way my body responds is by tears of joy as the spirit of God flows through me again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone shout amen. And so my friend, I'm encouraging you to take back what the enemy has stole from you. I used to sing a song back in the day. I'm going to take back what the enemy stole from me. I'm going to the enemy's camp. And I'm going to take back what he stole from you. What has he stole from you during this pandemic? Your power, your motivation, your sensitivity, your anointing, your purity. Come on, somebody. You got to hear me. If you're watching online, I'm preaching to you too. Let God touch your heart. Let God minister to your spirit. Let him consume your home as a holy of holies. You stand and lift your hand and say, hey, this is holy ground. This is not a house in the neighborhood. But for me and my house, today, this is the sanctuary of God. Hallelujah. 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 It's time to redig. Redig what? Commitment. Again, let me just reiterate. I'm, I'm telling you from a revelation. A lot of us get revelations because where we find ourselves. So the revelation's for us. But I figure since I'm a pastor, the revelation's for us too. When I'm outside the presence of God with ungodly people, I'm always the holiest one in the room. Because I'm an apostolic pastor. But the problem is I'm comparing my holiness to people that don't know God. It's the same way. An eighth grader is always the smartest one in the second grade class. I don't mean he knows everything because the ninth grader is smarter than him. But if he wants to feel entitled and he wants to feel like a professor, he said, I'm going to stay in the second grade class. Why? Because I'm smarter here. Hello? So if you always want to feel holy and you don't want to make back your way to Calvary. You don't want to redig the whales. Just hang around people that don't know God. And yes, in theory, you will always be holier than anybody else. But the power and the life-flowing river slowly leaks out, my friend. And eventually, you become like your environment if you're not careful. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, come on. We need to redig the whales of commitment. We need to redig the whales of passion. We need to redig the whales of serving in the kingdom of God and the value of the kingdom. We need to redig the whales of holiness and a relationship with God. We need to redig re the whales of desire and joy and peace. It's going to take work and it's hard work, but I understand I've got to redig some whales to maintain my relationship with God. 
with God. I have to maintain. And honestly, my friend, I'm not worried about me. But God puts a pastor over a group of people to help worry about them in times of life. And again, this is June. I'm not preaching condemnation. I'm not preaching fear. I'm not preaching guilt. If you're receiving that, let me just tell you, and I think you might be able to receive it if you're streaming. I'm just going to tell you, if you're streaming and you're feeling that way, that's a voice from the enemy because that's not my voice. That's not my heartbeat. That's not my spirit. I woke up this morning and was going over my notes. and I had an amazing opening story. And I don't know if it's God or me, but I felt my spirit carve out that story. You preach that next week and build a message around that opening story. And so I copied it out of my notes, Brother Garcia, and I hit the delete button. And I just lost like a page and a half of my great message this morning. I said, God, you're cutting me a little short, aren't you? I said, I'll give you the words to say to make up that story. And so God is telling me, preach that story next week. Because it's about... God's spirit flowing and healing. It's, it, it's about what he is wanting to do. And the fact is that we all need a fresh spiritual water to maintain our lives for growth. Every living person item grows. And the flow only comes from the intercourts of his spirit. I've got to get close to the spirit of God. I've got to desire the voice of God. And often when I'm trying to be honest with myself, and I think you would feel the same way, when you get in the presence of God, you always notice or he always shows you things that you need to shore up and tighten up and to fortify and to strengthen. The best way to make your flesh feel holy and spiritual is to hang out with unholy and spiritual people. Because you're the 8th grader in the 2nd grade class. You know, if you're an 8th grader in the 2nd grade class, you don't have to study for the test. You could ace the test. You're going to get an A when you graduate from 2nd grade. But the problem is you should be graduating to the ninth grade. But your flesh is comfortable in the 2nd grade class. We just have to make sure, church, that we're not living for God in a 2nd grade class when I have an eighth grade education or a ninth grade education. Or I've graduated with my high school diploma, but I don't want to leave high school because now I'm smarter than all the seniors. No, 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 that, that's abnormal, my friend. No, you got to go. There's another set of students taking your place that are coming up that we're going to graduate. But I like it here. I know what the tests are going to be. I like Mrs. Jackson. She likes me. I know, her, I know all her jokes she's going to tell. I won't have to study this year. I can just show up and goof off and ace all that. No, 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 no. You got to go. You graduated. Go on, get. Get on down the road. And that's funny in a sense because we know that the school system wouldn't allow that. No parent would allow that. But if we're not careful, we mirror that same mentality in our walk with God. If we're not careful... And the challenge is that 11 weekends with no church at all. And there's a gap there in the intensity of the flow of the Spirit. And church had become a documentary because of a gap, a barrier. I couldn't get into the tabernacle of God and I I couldn't feel the flow of God. 
And I realized that I cannot survive on yesterday's water. I need a fresh supply. I need a fresh stream. And we need that, my friend. I'm wanting you to hear me this morning, those of you that are here in this house and watching online. Exodus chapter 16 says, But some of them did not listen to Moses and saved part of it. The next morning it was full of worms and it smelt rotten. As they left Egypt looking for the promised land, God fed them with quail and manna. But the admonition was that they had to collect it every day. Fresh manna every day. Some didn't listen, the scripture says. Read the story. They stored it. Several translations say it different. It was rotten. It had worms. It had maggots. There was stench in the tent. God said, no, I want you looking for my spirit every day. I want you to, to go out and plan for me to supply your needs every day. I thought about that, Sister Rose, on March 15th was the last in-person worship before the pandemic. And if you're living on that last worship service and that last message, I'm simply here to tell you that's old manna. March 15th is a long time ago. Today is June 28th. I cannot ignore the fact that digging takes work. You have to rebuke complacency. A spirit of lethargy has to push off you, and you have to push forward. Whether you're redigging whales or digging some new ones for the first time, digging takes work. Maintaining open wells take work. Drawing water from the well takes work. I conclude and I submit to you this morning, however the workload, it's necessary. I think all of us would agree that we say this, I say it. Say, I'm not afraid of work. Well, then it's time to dig a whale. It's time to unearth some new whales and redig some old whales. You see, the Shekinah glory of God comes down here every Sunday in Old Town Temecula. And for 11 weeks, we, including myself, had to manufacture that in our homes. Our praise team did their best, but it's not the same. You see, the children of Israel could not encounter the presence of God in their tents. The Shekinah glory of God came into the Holy of Holies. They relied on the glory cloud and the man of God to hear and feel the presence of God. And now we find ourselves in the 21st century looking back for principles in the Old and New Testament 
in times of adversity and uncertainty. The Old Testament, even through the book of Acts, the early church, the common thread that I find that sustained them was this. Listen to me. They had to gather. They gathered. The value of the gathering. A watershed moment is a turning point. The exact moment that changes the direction of an activity or, or situation. That is a dividing point from which things will never be the same. It's considered momentous. Though the watershed moment is often recognized in hindsight. And I ask you this morning as you stand with me if you're able to. As we look back on this pandemic. It could be a watershed moment for our church and the people of God. Momentous moments are often in hindsight. A turning point for us to reestablish the apostolic power. The anointing that was once the most important things in our lives. A monumental turning of the water. The flow. Into our lives and our church. So I submit to you the question this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Will this pandemic be a watershed moment for you? A turning point, a tipping point. Or will this pandemic be the current that caused you to drift out to sea? The undercurrent. The dangers of the sea. The no swim zone. Why? It looks perfect. The water's beautiful. I flew here for vacation. Now you can't swim today. Why? Because there's a rip current there. I don't see it. This is picturesque. No, no, no. Don't get in the water, son. For me and my house, we have established, and for this church as a pastor, this will be a watershed moment. As we look back, the choice is yours. Do I still swim when the lifeguard says no? Because here's the difference. The lifeguard is well-trained. And the swimmers and the vacationers and the families are showing up are judging solely, Brother Tony, on visual assessment. I'm fine. I'm good. Be careful. Is that your same feeling and conclusion when you really get in the presence of God? Because the prophet Isaiah, holy man of God, he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. Woe is me. And if I get in the presence of God and step in his shoes and I say, no, not woe is me. Really? This mighty Old Testament prophet realized, whoa. I'm the, un I'm the man of unclean lips. 
But watch this, okay? That's Isaiah 6 and 5. Isaiah 6 and 1. Isaiah 6 and 2 says, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And his train, layers of victory in battles, his train filled the temple. I just realized this, sister. That's Isaiah 6, 5. So he gets in the presence of God. Train filled the temple. The Lord's high and lifted up. And in that environment, he writes verse 5. Woe unto me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Excuse me. I don't think I belong here right now. Can I come back after I fix some things? You hear me now? He saw the Lord high and lifted up. Four verses later, Brother Tony, whoa, ooh, I'm out of place. What happened? I just saw the glory of God. And I didn't look too good, I don't think. I got to come back and make some things. Hello, I'm preaching to you this morning. And so I'm trying to help you reestablish and dig some new whales. And I'm asking you to let's make sure Those of you that are streaming online that will watch this service later, you make sure that this pandemic and COVID-19 era is a watershed moment for you. That in hindsight, you look back and realize, you know what? My life was changed. I realized I loved God. I realize I was sold out. I realize I'm not going back to my old ways. I realize that I was not as holy as I thought I was. And if the pandemic had not come into my life, I might have put it along too many more years and drifted out the sea. But I look back now and realize, thank God for how God does things. And for us that know God and are believers... We have to redig some whales and assess our priorities in the context of the presence of God. So, yes, Brother Tony, I'm going to look back and say, wow, I really hunkered down during the pandemic and I got a brand new revelation of God. In some weird way, I feel God made me more holy and more spiritual. And maybe some of you have been on autopilot pre-March 15th. And church was ho-hum. But I'm just telling you, when you love something and you're absent from it for 11 weeks, I would not want to be away from my wife for 11 weeks. I'm a grown man. I'm old enough, Kathy. I could do one or two. Okay, I'm not that dependent. But after a couple weeks, I'm lonely. I want to hear the laughter. I want to share life with somebody. That's the same way with God. I could probably make it for a couple weeks, Kathy. I could go on vacation. Hey, Tom, did you have a good time? Yeah, did you go to church? No, you still love God? Kathy, of course I do. It was only a couple weeks. But I can't live like that forever. Because at some point, that love goes clunk, clunk, clunk. And then that love is replaced by something else that is not holy, that is not godly. And then I carve a brand new life out like that. 
Why? Because there's a gap taken out of my heart that kept me close to God. I'm preaching to somebody this month that needs to hear me. I want to give you a chance to pray. And I know we're in this, our social distancing. Let me just reiterate here, and I've got to jump back to my message. The ushers will dismiss you, okay? We're trying to really be good on social distancing. Thank you for working with us and letting us take your temperature. We're trying to kind of amp up our quality here. So let the ushers dismiss you so we don't cluster. You can hang in the parking lot as long as you want. So just let them help you out. But here's the thing. I want to pray for us. And, and, I, and I, I actually learned this at camp meeting. I never thought about this. But they said this. Oh, that's great. I'm going to steal that on Sunday. I just confessed on the World Wide Web now. If there's three or four or five of you that want to come up here and social distance, you know what? I haven't stood at the altar for four months. Practice social distancing, okay? Spread out. Let's go eight foot. Let's be safe. But I just feel like I want to open the altar to four or five or six of you. And if you don't come, it's okay. I'm not, that's not my, my point. Is if just you know what? I, just like my Friday night, wow, I've cried in a long time. Hallelujah. Oh, God, this feels so Hallelujah. good. If you would have saw me say, Tom, what's wrong? No, it's good. It's not wrong. It's good. What's wrong? No, it's right. Why are you crying? I can't, I can't explain it right now. I, there's just, I, I feel like it's like you, you hose down your driveway, right? What are you doing? Why are you wasting water? No, I'm cleaning. It's the purging, the tears, the humanity of me that says, oh, God, this feels so good. Let me pray for us. If you're going to make your way down or four or five or six of you, be respectful for social distancing. Heavenly Father, I pray today that your spirit, God, from this prophetic word into our lives would be received by all who hear it, regardless of when they hear it. I pray that the Spirit of God will help them dig and redig, evaluate and reevaluate. God, where am I? Am I a man of unclean lips? Have I drifted, God? Has this pandemic, God, put a wedge between us just in space? I still love you, but where am I, God? I'm anointing our minds and spirits, God, to discern this. Let the Spirit of God come upon us today as we lift up holy hands. And holy hearts, I pray the Spirit of God will flow and speak to everyone that's here in person. Love us and help us, God. Protect us. Keep us safe, God. Put a shield of protection, God. Let not the virus come upon our family and our home and our bodies. I pray, God. I pray for our immune systems. Yes, God, I do that. But I also worship you in the midst of uncertainty, God. I do that, yes. Let the Spirit of God does what it does that no man can do in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.